Hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. Time, time to make our picks. The PGA Championship Week is here. Uh, Kyle, you will be at Quail Hollow soon, but we've got to get our our final picks and predictions in about what is going to transpire at the PGA Championship. The storylines are plentiful. The excitement is high. The rain is absolutely in the house. Justin Bieber is in the house. Uh, I'm sure we'll have Michael Jordan showing up at some point. Uh, This is... This is really where things come together. Um, you know, we're we're looking at Rory McIlroy, two-time winner at Quail Hollow when it was the Wells Fargo. He's got the the tournament record. He's got the individual course record at about sixty freaking one. Uh, we got Jordan Spieth trying to become the youngest to finish the career Grand Slam. The the like, I just I just kind of want to get it started, right? Yeah, I'm. It's- I'm ready. It, you know, y- you get to kind of the end of the major season and it's like, okay, I'm ready for this to be over. But this PGA championship feels different to me. It feels like it could be a, an historic one. Like when we look back on it, I don't know if it will be, but I, I'm certainly, I think more excited about the possibilities going in than I, than I am for most PGA championships. The PGA championship sometimes uh, becomes uh, a, like hard to to sort of crack through uh, the NFL, the college football yeah. preseasons, but the like you said, the historic nature to this, and like I don't know, I just I think that because the there have been for the most part when you look back at the Wells Fargo winners these are good players like the Wells Fargo doesn't get that same label as some of the other tournaments where we might look at it and say you know only the you know only the big boys win here but you know Ricky Fowler got his first win here Rory McIlroy two-time winner um you know it is it is a course that does seem to bring out uh like the it does seem to produce a strong champion and there are some changes to the course uh, the the most notable of which being the way that it started. Uh, it used to be a little bit of a softer start. Now you've got this, you know, first and second hole smushed together. Like Kyle, take us through sort of what you're expecting from Quail Hollow, some of the changes, and uh, and why why you think that this might, uh, what impact you think this might have on the scoring. Yeah, the the uh, front nine is now a par thirty five instead of par thirty six. Uh, they made the first hole like five hundred and thirty yard par four. Yeah, um, which is not good for the likes of Zach Johnson. Um, but I think the most interesting change, obviously, is uh, just bringing in the new Bermuda turf that they brought in last year. It's going to be um, it's going to be a different type of Bermuda than they had before. Um, and it's going to play supposedly uh, fast and firm. Now, the the, the great equalizer there, uh, obviously, is uh, the amount of rain that they're getting. Uh, Kevin Na, of all people, said that the uh, greens are uh, almost too fast right now. I don't know why Kevin Na is always talking about course, uh, like course conditions. Course conditions <laughs> before major championships. But, um, you know, if, if that's the case, I, I think you could get – 
a really fun, good major championship. But if it, you know, if water drowns the course, then you're going to get just a, you know, you might get a congressional redux of uh, Rory winning by eight at, at uh, the 2011 U.S. Open. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I sort of don't think the rain is going to affect the course as much as some people. The rough is up, uh, which is interesting. And I think you're going to get a week kind of like the U.S. Open where, you know, you saw Brooks Kepka just he hit just some absurd amount of fairways, 48 out of 56 or whatever it was that whoever does that's going to win the golf tournament, you know, and and maybe that's Rory. He drove it great last week at, at Bridgestone. Uh, maybe it's Jason Day, who also drove it pretty well at Bridgestone, even though he was he was sort of all over the place. So um, I think you're going to see guys that obviously that drive. I mean, it's a driver's course, but I think that's sort of enhanced by. Uh, the rain and you're going to see the DJ Rory day, you know, Tony Finau, we'll talk about him like that, that kind of group up near the top of the leaderboard. Um, right before we got started, you, you said something that was uh, pretty interesting. You just uh, let you wrote 1500 words on speed and Rory. Like that's where this starts. Now we're going to make our expert picks here in a little bit. And uh, neither, I'll get, spoiler, neither one of us picked Rory, but I didn't for the same reason that you didn't, that like, we would love to see Rory win here. We we th- we would love to see Spieth win here, but that seems, for those of us who are pundits and have to make predictions and publish them on CBSSports.com, like, that just seems too easy, right? Yeah, I think I'm just sort of avoiding it because... Uh, I want it to happen so bad that I don't want to jinx it. Like you want it to be Rory and Spieth one and two in some order. Yeah. Yeah. I want, I want them to be like five clear of the rest of the field on the weekend. Just 36 holes of Spieth and Rory. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Give it to mainline it in my veins. I'm here for it. I wrote this. uh, So I don't think it's up yet or it probably will be by the time this podcast is, is posted. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 I, I, you don't want to put too much weight on a single tournament, right? But the reality, Chip, is that if Spieth wins, he's caught Rory at four majors at the age of 24, youngest Grand Slam winner ever. I don't know if that's been talked about or not. <laughs> um, and that's a big deal. And and conversely, if Rory wins, all of a sudden five majors before turning 29, joins Nicholas Tiger and, and Bobby Jones – He's now two ahead of Spieth again going into 2018. Um, As he goes for the Rory Slam at Augusta. He goes for the Rory Slam, and you have to start the conversation of him as currently, right now, the best European of all time. I don't. I, I think even if he wins, I don't think he will be. I think Faldo still ha- Nick Faldo still has him because of those Masters wins. Um, but it, it's such a... Because Spieth won the Open, it has become such a turning point, I feel like, for both of these guys. And and, and it's been enhanced by the fact that if Spieth wins this week on Rory's turf at Quail Hollow, that is a big deal. Like, that's a that's a really big deal. Um, so, I don't know. I can't wait. I, I hope we get them paired together. They uh, Spieth talked about this in his press conference about being paired with Rory on a Sunday, what that would be like. And I was just, I was losing it. I was losing my mind at the, <laughs> at the thought of that. Uh, I, it, you don't, you never, and I wrote this, you never get this in golf. Right? Like you get in tennis, you get Federer and Nadal, you get Nadal Djokovic, whatever, but you don't get it in golf because there's so many 
permutations and, and combinations of, of pairings and the way things work out. It just, it doesn't happen. I just want it one time, just Rory Spieth one time for a, a major championship. Where, like, so if it's a bomber's course, uh, you give Rory the edge there. And if it's a course where you need to be able to hit fairways, like the the Spieth notion for me, like I, I want it because of all of the intangibles, but I think for me it would be a bigger upset to see Spieth in that final group on Sunday just because given the quality of the field and given uh, you know the all the other players in the field, the way the course sets up, like if, if he's missing fairways, even Jordan Spieth is – like amazing at uh, hitting great recovery shots. And when he's in the fairway or even when he's like in the rough a little bit, just one of the best ball strikers in the game. Like I, I think that the, the thing that is pushing speed towards the front is how well he's played uh, of late. And it's also a little bit of the, you know, the narratives and how cool it would be but I, I don't have a lot of confidence. In fact, like in our expert picks, my surprise prediction was that I think Jordan Spieth might not be in the top 10. And like my, I had to make it bold because not top 10 is not that bold. But I just said not <laughs> top 20. Uh, yeah. But in general, my, my gut has me fading Spieth while my heart would love to see him there in the final group. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. You know, the the 15th Club, which is a really cool site that sort of um, uh, consults with players and, and different people in golf, and they've got their own little blog. They they wrote a, a blog post about why Quail, Quail Hollow favors bombers, and uh, part of the reason is because the rough generally does not – it doesn't penalize you. It's like um, – it's sort of like Augusta in that sense where you can like miss the fairway and it doesn't, it doesn't really matter that much. Now I'm saying that because it, kind of to counter what you said about speed, cause he, he's, he's not the straightest driver, obviously, as we saw at the open. Um, but sort of the, the counter to the counter is that the rough is up a little bit and it's going to be a little bit wet. So I, I don't, I don't really know like what to make of all that. And then the other thing, at Quail Hollow is that uh, being long here um, is more of an advantage than at other places for whatever reason, whether it's green contours or um, the way your wedges are flighted there, whatever, being um, 20 yards farther than the rest of the field is more like being 25 or 30 yards farther as compared to other courses. And, and again, the 15th club kind of their blog really broke this down and, and and I thought it was a super interesting post and it sort of explains why somebody like Rory has had a, a ton of success at Quail Hollow and, and also somebody like Ricky Fowler who's who's really long as well. Spieth is is just behind a, a guy like Ricky. He's pretty long um, but I, I'm more concerned about his you know sp- him spraying it all over the place and and, and I don't I, I don't know. I, I, I all that to say, I don't totally know how missing fairways is necessarily going to affect Spieth. But like you said, he's won two of his last three. He gets buckets. He just he just scores. Like it, it, it's it's incredible to watch. And I think the juxtaposition of the way he scores and the way that Rory scores would be fascinating to sort of consume on a major championship weekend. All right, uh, let's let's not waste any more time. Kyle Porter. Who is your pick to win at Quail Hollow? I've got John Rahm. Yeah. <laughs> having having said all that, I, I I feel like he he's the number six player in the world, Chip, and 
he's not even being talked about. You know, um, he, he had a lot of hype after winning the Irish Open, going into the Open Championship. I didn't feel like he would play well there, and he didn't. Um, I do feel like he's going to play well this week. He played well at Eagle Point uh, at the Wells Fargo uh, earlier this year. Um, he, it's just, he, obviously, he's one of the, the longest hitters. He's number one in strokes gained off the tee this year on the PGA Tour. So he's he is literally the best driver on the PGA Tour this year. Um, it's, you know, I, I just, we'll, we'll talk about this later on with Peter Costas, but I, I had, I talked with him about for those big bombers, for the guys that are top 10, top 15 in the world, the best ball strikers, it's all about just running in a couple 20 footers, you know, like you're going to, it's about giving yourself chances and just accidentally running them in. And whoever does that, whether it's Rory or, or Rom or whoever is, is going to win the golf tournament and his point, Costas's point as people will hear in a second, is to do that, to give yourself a chance at those 20 footers, you have to be driving it really well. So that's why he thinks a, a big bomber is going to win the event. All right. Um, my pick for the win, I want to get your thoughts on this, is that I think that I think it's time for Rick. You know, I, I've got Ricky Fowler as the winner. I like 67-66 on the weekend at WGC Bridgestone. I yeah. like T4 last year at the Quail Hollow. Of course, he beat Rory in a playoff there in 2012. Um, you know, this is like, you know, this this is one of those things where the, the differentiating factor for me uh, was the putter. And Ricky Fowler puts it as he's a strong, strong putter. And if he can roll it in and if the greens, you know, greens might be rolling fast, but if Fowler's got a good feel for him, I think that this is a place where it could shape up well. Uh, what's I don't know what what say you to this? Would you be surprised if Fowler is right there and if this is the spot where he can get it done? No, not at all. I mean, he is. I looked at last. I think it was last five Wells Fargo Championships at Quail Hollow, and he was, I believe, third in scoring average behind Rory and Justin Rose. So. It's obviously a place that he plays well. Um, he is. Let me look up his putting stats. He is number number one in strokes gained putting. Is he really? Yeah. I I didn't realize he was that high. Wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. He's 49th off the tee, 14th in approach shots, second overall in strokes gained. So obviously he's having a great year. It feels like. Um, maybe this is just a, a sort of an unintended consequence of talking about Rory and Spieth so much, but it feels like Fowler is a little under the radar as well. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And I was, and you know what I came back to when I was making my pick, I came back to some of the ways that you challenged me when I was nitpicking too much and almost wrote this. Like I am, I have been guilty, uh, among those who have been picking at Fowler, uh, for, you know, at the U S open. And then I think he finished T three, like a week or two later, I forgot which tournament at, and you, you made the point. You were like, sometimes the, the putts just aren't rolling in. You're otherwise playing pretty well. And you yeah. just know as a golfer that, well, you know, they might not be rolling in this week, but they might be rolling in the next week. Like overall, there has been very little about Fowler's season that says he is not in top five, top 10 or top 10 type shape. And so, man, you, you throw him back where he won here in 2012. And, you know, if he can keep the, you know, I don't know. It's, it's one of these things where we don't think about Ricky Fowler as a bomber, but he's not short. No, no, he is. Uh, he's probably a top 10 or 15 guy uh, on tour. 
Uh, he hit, well, let's see, last week he hit 65% of greens in regulation. Uh, he averaged 323 off the tee last week. <laughs> so not there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's not that's not short. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I was talking to somebody over the weekend. I, I was up uh, in Stillwater uh, at Oklahoma State, and, you know, everybody, everybody there obviously loves Fowler, and they want him to win a major, and, this person said, you know, I'll let you go, but is 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 uh is Ricky Fowler ever gonna win a major? <laughs> I said, Do you have talent? Like, do you, we don't have time. Uh but no, I told him, um, yeah, of course he is. Like winning majors, and this is what people get, I think, a little bit confused about. Like, no, R- Ricky's not gonna win three majors, like Spieth or four, like Rory, or however many they end up with. But the way you win a major championship is you finish in the top five. 20 times and then at some point it just you just accidentally win the major championship i mean this is sergio is an extreme example of that but he is an example of it and if fowler keeps top five in top 10 these majors he's just accident he's gonna fall into one you know like he's just gonna accidentally shoot a 65 on a sunday or he's going to accidentally backdoor when somebody falls apart on a sunday or whatever so i you know i i think that I think that it'll happen for Fowler and this would be as, as good a place as any. We talked about this, I think earlier in the week, but three guys that play really well at this course are three guys that uh, challenged for the 2014 Wanamaker, which was Rory, Ricky and, and Phil. I, I think to run that back, uh, would be pretty, pretty, a pretty awesome PGA this year. So we've both got Rory McIlroy as a top 10 lock. Uh, yep. I venture to even say top five lock. You know, it, yeah. I mean, it's the, he's top five two two tournaments. It, it, the thing, like literally, <laughs> the the only thing that worries me this week is that it's too obvious, right? Right? Like it, it's it's like, yeah, of course he's gonna win the golf. Like I feel like if he wins, everybody's gonna look back and be like, yeah, of course he was gonna win that golf tournament, you know. But like right now, it just feels like. I don't know. It just feels like inevitable. And so it's probably not going to happen. Uh, who's your sleeper? My sleeper is uh, somebody I mentioned earlier, Tony Finau. I love him. I, I love know. Tony Dude, you're, you're, you're all in on Finau and this is a the, spot where he can get it done. The big tabernacle. He finished uh, T 10 at the 2015 PJ at whistling straights. I actually followed him and uh, on Raban Lahiri. Um, for a while and they were just murdering tee shots there. I mean, it was unbelievable to watch. Uh, Finos had a really like kind of low key consistent, great year. He's top 10 in two of his last three. Uh, I think he's like top six on the PGA tour and strokes gained off the tee. He's just been, he's been terrific. Um, he's another guy that is just, you know, does he hit enough 15 or 20 footers, you know, like, because I, I feel like he's going to drive it great this week. Uh, and, and so because of that, I think he's going to play pretty well. I, I don't, I think he's almost like, I would almost put him as a lock to make the cut and maybe even to like contend, like get in that top 15, 20 ish range. But it's all about, do you hit, do you hit a couple 20 footers? And if so, then all of a sudden you're contending on the weekend. I, uh, I love your, for regular listeners of the podcast, they know, uh, Tony Finau's just starting to figure out how to win on the PGA tour. It's yeah, uh, yeah. It's a learning curve, yeah, and, and sure. he he is, I think, sort of built to win PGA championships. Big big ballparks, you know. He's just 
he's forever off the tee. And and uh, I don't know. I'm excited about his chances this week. I, I think he could legitimately win the tournament. Um. All right. So your surprise prediction would make me very sad. Yeah, I went back and forth on this. Um, I, I, I said Phil misses the cut. I, I actually wrote this before I realized that he... Has one of the better scoring averages at Quill Hollow? <laughs> well, and that he hasn't missed a PGA cut since 1995. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. These so, are bold predictions. Like I, but, I, you, but you have to... You, I mean, that streak has to end at some point, right? Yes. Um, he's just... I think people forget that he's like he's 47 like he's not it, it, and, and my point there is like the season is a long season and he missed the cut at the open he didn't play great at Bridgestone like it, it sort of feels like he's on running on fumes a little bit um, of course that's always when Phil like shoots a 66 67 to open a major but uh, yeah I, that, that's my prediction is Phil misses the cut um, alright so my surprise prediction Jordan Spieth outside the top 20 again i am much less confident in outside the top 20 as i like i don't know it just feels like a t17 for speed yeah i i totally agree with you like we talked about this i i sort of teased this on monday i just don't i'm not like again i hope we get it I hope right we get speed right I will, for I, will, the, I will be rolling my eyes through my back of my head and just <laughs> dancing around the house no doubt <laughs> But it, it just doesn't – as much as Burkdale felt speethy, this week does not. It just I – don't, I don't know why. Like I, I could be totally wrong about that, but um, I don't know. I, 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 I like that prediction. I think it's a good one. My sleeper's J.B. Holmes. Love it. Yeah, right? Love it. 2014 winner, like per- fit, perfectly fits the, uh, the style that we're looking for. He's played great at majors recently, too. He finished 12th at the U.S. Open. He finished uh, third at the Open Championship last year. He finished fourth at the Masters last year. He's had some really good uh, major championship performances. It's Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be like the greatest winner ever, but I could at 100 to 1, that's, that's solid. I like it. All right, let's pay some bills real quick. Then we got Kyle's chat with CBS Sports' Peter Costas. Today's episode of the First Cut Podcast, of course, comes to you just like qualified candidates do when you post your job on ZipRecruiter. Uh, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Their powerful technology then matches the right people to your, to your job better than anyone else. See, unlike these other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. In fact, it finds them with over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Think about how easy that is. You don't have to juggle calls. You don't have to juggle emails. You post the job. It goes to all the top job sites. Then you get to simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. And right now, find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. One more time, try it for free today. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. Okay, Peter Costas, uh, analyst for CBS Sports. Peter, uh, I got to ask you, you're there at Quail Hollow. I'm coming down tomorrow. How excited are you uh, for this PGA Championship based on the kind of the first three winners that we've gotten in this major season? 
Well, I mean, there's only four majors every year, and and this is your last chance to win one. So so obviously that creates a lot of excitement, Kyle. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Jordan Spieth ended the streak of first-time winners. Uh, Jordan Spieth has a chance to complete the career Grand Slam this week, be the youngest to ever do it. So there's and it is, there's multiple storylines this week here at uh, Quail Hollow. Yeah, I'm curious your thoughts on. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about course changes, the new Bermuda turf that they've brought in. Uh, a lot of people still saying that it's going to be a bombers tournament. Do you agree with that? Just kind of what's your assessment of, of being at the course there this week? Well, first of all, we've had a lot of rain, and we're scheduled to have more throughout the week. So the golf course is playing very big. It's playing long north to south, obviously, because there's not so much run out. But it's playing wide east to west as well. Uh, I think driving is a key here. Um, I'm not so sure how much. I mean, obviously, driving it in the fairway with distance is the creme de la creme. Uh, but I think you're going to have to put it in the fairway here uh, to have a reasonable chance because the greens are still very firm, very bouncy. And, and to try and control the ball out of this uh, two and a half, three inch Bermuda rough is going to be very problematic. So I look for the best drivers on tour to, to have a, a leg up on the field. One guy that really intrigues me, and he's actually my pick this week, uh, is John Rahm. And I've seen you break down his swing kind of throughout the year. He, he's got, to me, it's such a unique swing. I, I'm curious, just what what are your thoughts about his, specifically his, his swing with the driver, just how short he he takes it back? Well, I mean, the length of the arm swing is is um, is not an issue with, with players so much as the amount of body turn. And, and he gets a full amount of body turn. He's very thick, very stocky guy, even though he's quite big. Um, and so he, he stops his arm swing as soon as he stops his turn. And, and so his swing and his body are, are very well coordinated, very well combined or connected, if you want to use that term. Um, and, and I like the, the unique golf swings because generally players own those swings. You know, mm-hmm. the, the picture-perfect golf swings – sometimes were were learned via video or launch monitor or this or that but you don't really own it you know you're you're proud of it but you don't really own it john owns his golf swing and 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 that's one of the reasons i think he's going to be such a good player moving forward who do you think has maybe the two or three most unique swings just the ones that you look at that you're when you see them on the monitor you're like i'm excited to, to kind of break this one down well every Every generation has had them. I mean, Lee Trevino, obviously, back in his day. Jim Furyk uh, comes along and, and has a double overlap grip and, and, and his swing shape. Uh, John Rahm is unique uh, in today's game. Uh, Daniel Berger is mm-hmm. another one, yeah. uh, born, born from playing tennis as a kid. Um, and, and I like those golf swings. I mean, they managed to get – all you got to do is get the – a functional club path relationship at impact to produce a ball flight you can count on under pressure and you can go play golf ball doesn't know what your backswing looks like or doesn't know what your downswing uh, looks like it only knows what happens at impact yeah i struggle with the functional club path relationship um (laughs) you and a lot of other people (laughs) (laughs) so jordan spieth is obviously going for the career grand slam he's somebody who i think people look at him and they say well he's he's only got a good short game he makes a lot of long putts but the reality is he's he's number one on the PGA Tour this year in in strokes gained on approach shots. What have you seen that's been maybe a different or tweaked in his swing this year of, of why he's hitting the ball so much closer than he has maybe in the past? Well, I think last year in the offseason, 
he and his teacher went to work on trying to uh, to create a little bit more power, a little bit more distance off the tee. And in, in the process, uh, they did it, but for a period of time, they were they were fairly wild. So a lot of his approach shots weren't from the fairway. Um, he's driving it better this year. Uh, more approach shots from the fairway, and his iron play has improved dramatically, uh, even over the 2015 year. So, um, you know, everybody looks at Jordan, and they, they don't see uh, a physical specimen like Dustin Johnson. They don't see prodigious drives like Rory McIlroy, um, and, and they don't see a lot of things that they think are sexy. Um, but I tell you what, this is one hell of a talented kid, and and my statement has always been about Jordan Spieth that winners winners play in the present and they deflect the pressure to the to the future or the past you know other players accept the pressure in the present and they play in the future or the past that's the wrong way to do it mm-hmm. and and so he's come in here he's deflected the pressure of the grand slam saying that you know what I'm 24 if I don't win it now I got plenty more opportunities so he's deflecting the pressure to the future I absolutely love that and he would be one of my top picks this week. Uh, you know, we talk a lot, and I've written a lot just about um, kind of different eras. And and I'm I'm younger, so I, I didn't I didn't kind of live through maybe multiple different eras. I was kind of coming up with the Tiger era. I, I'm just I just want to know like what are your thoughts on whether this is a um, better era than maybe when Tiger came up or the pre-Tiger, uh, like kind of the the Nick Faldo time, um, or if it's just different just what do you think about just kind of how the game has progressed over the last 20 or 25 years our old cbs producer frank Cherkinian always used to say to us all comparisons are odious <laughs> and and i i couldn't agree with him more i mean trying to compare ben hogan to jack nicholas jack nicholas to nick faldo nick faldo to tiger woods or whatever they're all they're all ridiculous comparisons because things were so different the equipment was different the ball was different golf course design and conditions were different i think winners in any generation would be winners in today's generation yeah they may not look the same they may not perform the same because because they would have to adapt to the culture and and what's facing them for a challenge today you know but ben hogan would win today his swing wouldn't look the same you know jack nicholas would clearly win today um and and now you got a young bunch of kids that there's so many of them that could win any given week it's it's so difficult to become dominant you know i think the 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 more we get removed from tiger the more we're going to appreciate just how special he was yeah yeah i i totally agree you mentioned any of those guys can win in any given week what what statistic or what kind of factor in in each tournament do you look at and say, man, if if somebody does this well, I, I think they're, I, I, you know, I think they're probably going to win, or, or they have to do this well to maybe win this week. Well, the, the superstars of every generation, uh, and you can go back fifty, sixty, seventy years. Those make, the, the superstars of every generation have separated themselves from the competition with the driver. You know whether it was Hogan and his accuracy, Nicholas and his and his power, Tiger. He separated himself from the field, not necessarily because he drove it straight, but he drove it so far. Um, and, and so I look at players like Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson, who are incredibly brilliant drivers of the golf ball. And I say, look, that's that's a key. In a given week, somebody's going to hit their driver 13 or 14 times and put it in play. And if that guy's making putts, he's going to win the tournament. So I, I feel like the, the best putter amongst the best ball strikers in a given week 
is your winner. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people sort of overlook that you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be number one in putting to 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 win the golf tournament. It's it's those guys that are top ten or top fifteen guys that if they, uh, you know, if they run in a couple twenty footers, it's, it's probably going to win. You know. Well, we've got some guys out here that don't even have to putt great. Just 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 putt mediocre, and yeah. they're going to win. Like Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah. His his ball striking is so superb. You know, I mean, he had a better putting week last week. And he wins by five. He didn't have a great putting week, though. But his his um, proximity to the hole on Sunday, I think it was like fifteen or sixteen feet. It's like you, you know, I could go out yeah, there. Yeah, but why? I, I would ask you why. Why was it fifteen feet? Why? Why was his proximity so close? Uh, because, because he was driving the you know what off yeah. the golf ball and hitting wedges and sand wedges into those greens. Now, when you got when you got those clubs in your hands, you better damn well be close to the hole. <laughs> well, and, and that's you know? so and, it gets back to the driver. But and to your point, like that was the thing about Rory last week that was so confounding to me because he finished I, I, 39th or whatever in putting, which for him is like you know just good enough to win the golf tournament, and yet. His approach shots were were not good. It, 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 have you seen something with his wedges or his wedge game that you're like, oh, if he could just tweak that, he would be so much better, uh, or he would be winning so much more? I think I think it's uh, it's the old uh, hate cliches, but I'm going to use one. I think he's been you know robbing from Peter to pay Paul. I think he's been working hard on his driver. Um, I think he's changed, made some. He's a little deeper at the top in his backswing with his driver, and he's and he's driving the you know what off the golf ball right now. And when you spend so much time working on that, you neglect other parts of your game. So I don't, I don't think it, he could find his wedge game this week with a little, little bit of extra work. You know, uh, especially if he's confident with the driver, he won't have to spend so much time w- with that club. So it's always a matter of identifying your weaknesses and trying to turn them into strengths and then taking your next weakness that you find and turn that's how you climb the rungs on the ladder yeah um and and rory rory's too good a player and, and these conditions i think are are absolutely ideal for him you know yeah um, it, it almost feels too obvious i will ask you we'll get you out of here on this but just your your winner this week who you think's going to win and then somebody that is not like a a super long shot, but maybe somebody that's coming in flying under the radar that, that you feel like is going to have a pretty good week. Boy, uh, you got to go back. You know, this is the first time since 1995 at Riviera where Steve Elkington won. This is the first time that the PGA championship has been held at quote unquote, a regular tour stop, mm-hmm. you know? So there's a lot of familiarity with this golf course amongst almost all the players or certainly at least all the players with a chance to win. Uh, so that's going to be a great equalizer. Uh, as far as low score winning, um, boy, uh, I, Rory's got to be at the top of the list. Yeah, I think Jordan's got to be there, and I think Hideki Matsuyama has to be there. Th- those would be my three. You know, if I was in a pool and I had my first three picks, it would, it would be those three guys. Um, it's painfully obvious, but I think sometimes you got to go with obvious. How do you feel about Tony Finau? Uh, Tony has the driving ability to play well. The question is, can he sort out his putting? Yeah. You know, he got a tip from Steve Stricker, and he's a little bit better, but he's a little bit mechanical for my tastes and a little bit structured and rigid, rigid with his putting. Um, and, and as a consequence, um, you know, 
if he can get that sorted out, sure, he could win. No yeah. question. Yeah, he's, he's my sleeper for this week. He played really well at, at Whistling Straits a couple of years ago. He's had a really consistent year. So, anyway, Peter, uh, enjoy it. Enjoy the week at Quail Hollow. We appreciate you joining us, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Okay, thanks, Peter. Thanks.